1: Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I wanted to quickly jump in and let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Now, on to my guest for today, Dustin Miller, polymath innovator. I'm sure you're wondering what a polymath innovator is. Dustin explains that it's someone who becomes an expert and innovates in various areas. Dustin rejects the idea that you should focus on one skill or domain. With enough focus, time, and drive, we can learn and master skills in a number of areas. Dustin proves this by his Omna Media concept, where he produces content on a variety of platforms and in multiple ways, from writing blogs and producing videos to mastering social media and producing podcasts, all what he prefers to call polycasts. Dustin has always been one to create his own terms. While he clearly loves to learn, he's always preferred finding his own path for learning and educating himself. And it's worked. He's taught himself how to use a plethora of tech tools. We talk about which tools he likes and why, the ones he wants to try, the one tool he hopes to develop someday, and what he's doing to stay consistent and his learning and creating. Now, let's get better together. Dustin Miller, poly innovator. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Hello. How's it going, Jerry?
1: It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. You know, I have not met many people that call themselves a poly innovator or a polymath or any kind of multiple poly thing. Yeah. <laughs> I read about it a lot. Um, but what I find really fascinating about you is that you've got so many cool things going on. It's like more cool things than I have going on. And everyone says, I have too much going on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: well, you know, the saying, like the whole idea of jack of all trades, master of none. But the
2: ironically thing is, is that there's, that's not the full saying. The full saying is that jackal trades, master of none, but also sometimes better than a master of one. So perhaps because we're putting our hands on only in cookie jars, it'll pay off.
1: I, You know what? I'm totally with you on that because I, I feel that that's the case. I mean, it's just my personality. But mm-hmm. um, before we get into all that sort of great stuff, um, I always like to say, how did you get to do what you're doing today? Yeah, so I've always been a creative, and I definitely
2: was not much of an academic. So at school, I would love to learn, but I'd love to do my own thing more so. So I'd spend most of my time in classes just writing stuff and creating stories and drawing maps and being creative. And as I got older, that would transition into digital. So I remember even being a kid on Microsoft Office, playing with Publisher and creating brochures and creating like new uh, menus for uh, restaurants that I didn't even... I have any affiliation with just creating slideshows and stuff like that, being creative like that, as well as doing graphic design from a young age. And that led me to learn about blogging back in around 2011, 2012. So I started blogging pretty early on with my first endeavor called the United Living Construct. And that taught me how to do social media marketing, taught me to be a good writer, SEO, stuff like that. And then it went away for a little bit, but I came back to it when I was really wanting to get more into that space because I love content. I love doing stuff. And I started learning about videos and podcasts through that first endeavor, but I realized that I wasn't good enough for it yet. And so I needed to learn more and become more of a personal academic per se, and not a didact, if you will. So I taught myself a whole bunch of stuff and I put, transitioned to my personal brand now, which is now known as Poly Innovator.
1: Cool. Yeah, again... I, it's just one of those things where I don't even know where to start with you. <laughs> Anywhere. We'll I know, any I know. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I've, I meet very few people, um, that have a diverse set of interests that kind of feed it and weave it all into what you're doing. I mean, th- that's the thing I find so fascinating because I mean, I have a lot of entrepreneur friends and they're usually like all about focus, 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 and more focus. And while I agree with that on certain things, that one of the things that's really challenging is like, well, what do you focus on? You got to kind of spread the net pretty wide in order to like actually capture. solo. Yeah, exactly. Capture, you know, all the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you may or may want not want to do. I mean, this is what venture capitalists do right? They're like making tons of bets and they can make tons of bets because they play the odds. But as entrepreneurs, I mean, technically we get one shot. (laughs) So our odds are much But That was a
2: chance to vote too.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And, and so you, you kind of have this interesting idea of omni content, which I, you know, never seen before. And like looking through your website, I think I understand it, but I was wondering if you could kind of go through it because I want to, Kind of pick it apart because I find it, again, different, interesting and like taking all of these interests and sort of, I mean, you're weaving it together in an interesting way. And I just find that fascinating. Thank you. And I hope that I can explain it well. It's one of those things where I'm not the only one doing
2: it, but I'm the only one explicitly saying that I'm doing it. Gary Vee is another one who says he's doing it, but he doesn't say omni-channel very much. He doesn't say that. But he talks about creating 60 pieces of the content, 100 pieces of the content. Well, in order to do that, you have to do content repurposing. You have to do uh, content creation and curation and basically making things on an omni-channel approach. And the only channel just means everywhere. And they say, if you put your area at once, you're nowhere good enough. But I disagree with that. If you can learn how to be on all those platforms, it takes a lot of learning. It took me years to even learn the basics of Instagram and that changes every year. But once you learn the basics, you just have to keep up with some of the changes and work on that. And eventually you build a higher out people who are more specialists than you. And that's okay. Just because you're a polymath doesn't mean you need to do it or a jackal of trades in this case, because I don't even consider myself a polymath just yet. That's a high level to achieve there. And just for people listening in who don't, know it. That just means someone who is a deep level of knowledge in many different areas. Right. Hopefully right. that explains things kind of well.
1: Yeah. That's like a Elon Muskie type guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I would still argue that he might still have a ways to go because yeah. he's still pretty young and he still has, he's like expert in rocket science and computer science obviously, but I think there's certain areas where he could probably benefit from learning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, so true. So true. And so this whole idea of, of, of Omni content and like going on all these different platforms. I mean, there's so many of these platforms out there now. And I know for certain businesses, some platforms are better than others. And so is it like, a uh, how, how do you determine which platforms to go on with this, with this omni, you know, omni content kind of strategy?
2: Yeah, well, and I'm learning too that you do need to cut like if something's not working, cut it out of your system. And so, for example, I was doing Quora every day. And eventually, they actually made me mad because they blocked one of my answers because I had too many links, but none of them were my links. It was just links to be helpful for this person. And so it was just one of those things where it was flagged. And because of that, I left. But I realized that I was wasting a lot of time with that platform. I have over 460,000 views on there. So that's great. But I don't know how that equals the traffic per se.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting
2: how like that platform took a lot of my time. I realized it's not really worth it for me anymore. I'm still getting views now. I set that up. That's great. But like Instagram is something that's still growing. TikTok is still growing. For me, those are platforms that I can get on and do well on. For certain businesses, TikTok might not be a good fit, but LinkedIn would be. And so understanding which ones would be good for your brand, for you as a creator, and also just kind of having a macro and micro focus is how I like to say.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I I get this question all the time and uh, because I help a lot of startups and I mentor a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and everyone kind of hates the whole social stuff (laughs) because it's like this oh man, like yet another one of these silly things. And like, I don't know what to do. And does my brand really need this and that? And, and I haven't really come, I've never really given them a really good answer because I really don't know. Uh, Partly because it's hard to quantify, you know, social reach equals business. It's like in PR, PR is the same way. It's like you have, you used to, we do these things called coverage reports and these coverage reports are just like these just, they're just numbers, right? I don't know how many, you know, oh, you got in TechCrunch. How many sales did you get from that? Like, uh, I don't know how many, how many did you get from that? Right. Yeah. Um, so as, as part of this whole strategy, um, when, when you're like generating your content, um, do you have like a certain, is it like a, do you have a template or is it, is it like a, like a methodology that allows you to easily, cause I could see, you know, you're oh going to be in all these platforms, right? You want to make sure that it's systematized somehow. Do you, do you have kind of like a system for it? Yeah. So
2: I, I see it as systems, content <laughs> repurposing and automation. So especially as a solopreneur, you definitely need to have all three of those. So the systems are like the macro view and understanding how each of these platforms work and having tools like notion. Notion is one of my favorite things in the world I've, built my whole life around that essentially at this point. And I created an Omnicontent database where I have my main posts, the images for each platform, like vertical, square, and horizontal. And I just create all those at once. And then I have like a LinkedIn article that I plan out too, because there's part of the strategy. So the omni content starts out as a blog. I turn that into a slideshow. I turn that into a video, like me talking head over the The slideshow, which that part might change over the years, but I just like that for now. And then I cut the audio out and make it into a polycast. And from there, from those those three or four pillar content pieces, you can chop that up. And so I use another tool called Repurpose.io, which is something I, like, always swear by, so to speak, because they can chop up podcasts and videos into short clips so you could share it on social and stuff like that. And I'm still not doing it nearly enough. I will admit that. I know I'm not. If you look at my socials, you won't see too many of those clips. That's because I'm so overwhelmed with all the other things going on too. So I totally understand when people think that you have to focus on just one thing. But with tools like that, you can semi-automate it and stuff like that, as well as this idea of content repurposing just anything basically. Like this podcast you're making now, we can make multiple clips. You can transcribe it into a blog post. I was talking to you beforehand about recording the video and putting that on YouTube. That's so many different ways to just take this one piece of content and send it yeah.
1: out. Yeah. 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 I'm not ready for video yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. Because um, so like,
1: Yeah. Well, but it's funny because, okay, like let's just take a podcast as an example, because that's like a really good I I like that you brought that up because you also have a podcast, which we'll talk about in a second, but so I've got, you and I are talking, we're on zoom. I'm just recording the audio. I'm not recording the video, but we all, you know, we're, we're two handsome young men or you're young and I'm a little bit older than you, but we're, we're, we're well lit. And it like, it looks decent, right? It's, you know, it, 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 you know, it looks good. Right. But like the, the process to jump to, you know, uh, the video, uh, at least for me, has is, is been a challenge. I have a friend that's doing it right now, and he's 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 like super geeky on it. But but you point about transcription, then blog posts, then cut this, then cut that, and then add some depth to it. I actually did some of that with uh, a couple of my podcasts when it was about a specific topic. Um, one of them was about a co-founder. It was someone I, I interviewed, and they talked about co-founder. I thought, wow, this is really cool. How am I going to clip this? And so I, you know, did the uh did the transcript, found it, clipped it, and then added this, you know, repurposed it, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, boy, if someone could figure out a really good tool flow for that, it would probably be worth some money. <laughs> I mean, so a tool for what per se? Well, let's just say like you had like you what you're doing, so you have a poly content um strategy. Now you use notion as sort of like the template, but just imagine like, if you will, let's say you, you, and you say, okay, I start with a blog post. That's like square one. That's patient zero of my content. And imagine having a tool that would just sort of then generate all the things you'd have to do. Like that would be pretty cool. So guess what?
2: That's actually something I want to build.
1: Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah you should build it because it's a great <laughs> idea.
2: <laughs> I don't know how that can do I told you beforehand, I'm not much of a coder, but it is interesting because I, I thought about that. I've tried over 90 social media management tools and only one or two of them could somewhat do what I wanted to do. And it's not just the micro content. It's when it goes out, how mm. it goes out. Mm. And so, for example, I learned on like CoSchedule and Buffer that the To optimize a post's reach, you have to send it out at times when people are going to see it. Twitter's lifespan is only a few minutes. Facebook is a couple of hours. LinkedIn is probably a little bit longer than that. But regardless, your posts are only going to be seen by a certain amount of your audience. And usually it's like less than 10%. And so you really want to try to spread it out as much as possible without over automation or without being spammy so a lot of people just send it out every hour they do the interview so one thing these tools do is they just do intervals so they send right. the same content out over right. and over again that's not okay that's scummy what i would say is take that post send it out the day of a day later at the opposite time of day as well as a week later a month later half a year later and a year later especially wow. since like our content's more evergreen it yeah. it works better that way it's and true. so
1: maximize its, its reach wow So, huh, (laughs) you got the idea. You just don't have the the technical co-founder. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I even have
2: like more than that that too.
1: Yeah. Heard, heard, heard this story lots of times. And and it's actually, what's really interesting about it is um, lots of entrepreneurs are like you got this great idea, really marketing business savvy, know the need, but now have to execute the tech. And this is where a lot of, like, I know a lot of people that have gotten fallen down this trap and have like wasted lots and lots of money get <clears throat> having the wrong team and getting the wrong things going because the, the, the there's a real um, challenge between like what's in your head going to obviously a developer. And I,
2: well, There's a tool, there's a lot of new things going out called no-code stacks. Mm -hmm. So you can do like Zapier. I don't like Zapier because it's broken on me so many times. In fact, I actually built out a a 20-step multi-Zap on Zapier to do this process that I just mentioned there. Because it's also, what's interesting is those other tools I mentioned, the social media management tools, Almost all of them exclusively focus on blogs. Yeah. So for podcasts and videos, you're kind of shit out of luck. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want this to be explicit, but you're kind yeah. of crap out of luck. Yeah. And it's interesting because what happens is I I got one to work. Code schedule is the only one I could get to work because I connected with Zapier. And so I was able to create a campaign from a new video or podcast because I created a zap for it. But even then it was prone to breaking and it was too expensive at that time. But it was interesting how I also looked at bubble.io, which is a mm-hmm. no-code cool visual app builder. Yep. So I was thinking about I can build it in that or something like that if I can get to it.
1: Yeah, this no-code stuff, a lot of people are using that to kind of do their MVPs mm-hmm. and, and like figure out if it all just sort of works.
2: Well, and something that might help your audience is a friend of mine named Doc Williams who actually helped create the Geary V content model 2.0. He is working on these projects called MVBs, Minimal mm. Viable Builds. Mm. And so he's basically kind of, it's kind of like a subscription box, but for businesses. And so each month you get like, or each quarter, you get like these new ideas or businesses that are basically just a Lego set you put together and you can make it and you'll have a basically a MVP of that business.
1: Wow. And, and, and he, what does he call it again? MVBs, Minimal Viable build. Minimum viable build, cool. Yeah, I have to check that out. I'm always fascinated by <clears throat> how people like generate ideas and then try to make a business out of them. Because I, I belong to this um, group called Trends. Co- I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard of Trends, um, but they have this private Facebook group. When you become a you know member, subscribe to their to their. Knowledge base or their mm-hmm. something or other. I don't. don't even know what they call it. Um, <clears throat> but boy, is there are a lot of smart people there trying to <laughs> figure out yeah. like, oh, this business, that business, that you know, stuff like that. I mean, well, it's scratching
2: my own itch too when it comes yeah. to the. I call it the Omni Content tool. Although, I guess there's like some random company that has the trademark Omni Content. So I'm almost wondering if I need to change it just because of that. And Poly Content wouldn't work either. So it's just interesting. But essentially. I, I don't have a tool to help me do all this on the content. So it's a manual at this point. And since I'm already business busy editing, which I told you earlier, I'm doing an episode a day for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're pretty busy. How, how do you maintain? I mean, how do you manage your day and maintain all this productivity? So,
2: I was talking to someone today about this. Sometimes you just got to give yourself a break and like just go sit down, go relax, go on TikTok. I slept in this morning and I, I really know I shouldn't because I, I needed to edit the video as quickly as possible. I still haven't edited it yet today. So I'm probably going to do it after this. As long as it goes out today, that's all that matters to me. But it's just interesting how... I was super productive yesterday. Today, I've been super productive. It's just my priorities were different. I wanted to get the video out, but I needed to research and how a guest for tomorrow. I need to prepare for this show and stuff like that. But I also, in the middle of the day, after doing a whole bunch of research, I was like, okay, let's play some Apex Legends for 20 minutes or so. And just kind of get a fun out of it. And just maximizing your focus by taking breaks. The Pomodoro method's method's a, nice, a nice way of going about it. Yeah, yeah. And just have systems. Notion's a great way to organize your life, a life operating system, if you will.
1: Yeah, I've heard of Notion. I've used it a little bit. There, there's a couple of friends that have a an account. They'll share stuff with me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a curmudgeon on new tools because I'm sick of all the damn new tools that are
2: out there. And this one allowed me to combine. Because I had, I had oh, AirTable, okay. I had Infinity, I had Google yeah. Sheets, I had Google Docs. Every line in a database in Notion is its own document,
0: which mm. is already
2: better than pretty much all the other tools where you have to have the database and Google docs as like separate tools. You have to go into separate tool altogether for it. Yeah. Because this one's built in and you can reference things within notion to different documents and stuff like that. So there's a lot of talking between areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is you totally right. That's one of the problems I have with all these tools. Like I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I'm working on this new book. Mm-hmm. It's called tentatively called the story funnel. And part of the story funnel idea is how to, uh, hook prospects, build customers and uh, pay off advocates by getting your story straight, right? This is like, actually this is the first time I've ever even talked about it. <laughs> so you're, you're, this is my first, like your first, first person's heard this idea on the podcast, but part of, part of this whole methodology, like what you're doing with your Omni content and channeling and everything is I got to figure out how many people are at each step in the process of this funnel. Like, so imagine a sales funnel, but It's a story funnel because one of the problems that a lot of people don't don't realize is that they do pretty good on hooking customers in. And then once the customers are there, they sort of fall off into the void. And that's bad because one of the things that you really want to do is nurture those customers along so that you can sell them more products or they can become advocates for you and they'll sell your products for you. But you want to do this in a way where you can actually measure it and get the entire story your whole narrative, the whole arc of your company and business, you know, pulled together. Like that's why it's get your story straight. And so I'm sitting there going, well, you know, ideally I need some metrics because I want it to be, you know, metric driven. And I'm trying to think, okay, how am I going to pull all these metrics together and, uh, and like graph it, right. I want to graph. I want to funnel. I want to funnel with metrics. And I just want to look at it and be like, yeah, we're there with it. Right. Dig in. And I cannot tell you how hard it is to figure out Tableau or Clickfolio or Google whatever. And then there's like a billion different tools for all this stuff. And they're all, like you said, like various things they do well and then various things they do awful. So I'm I'm with you. I <laughs> would love yeah. to like, I, I know tools, like I'm going to actually... Specialty. Oh, yeah, cool. I am definitely going to check out Notion now. So,
2: well, I will say Notion doesn't have their API yet, which might not be as useful for you in that particular case. It's a good way to like, I actually the first thing I did when I had my guests on my show is created like a CRM for my guests in Notion, and I was hmm. able to set up an automation like, a, okay, we haven't talked in three months because the last time I talked to them was this date, and so it gives me a reminder. Hey, it's time to go. It's not time yet. Nope, it's go no time to go talk to them. And on top of that too, I can put like all the information I need to talk to them about and make templates for every guest. I can make a template saying this is what I these are the questions. These are what I say before the show. Here's the thing I say after the show, and I just click a button. The template's automatically applied. But for you, if you want to get all that data in there, there's an Airtable alternative now, Google Tables. And yes, that one I've seemed that. better than Sheets for you and probably yeah. better than Tableau because it's not as complicated as Tableau. So maybe Google Tables will give you the ability to chart it without having too much of an issue.
1: Yeah, I, I got to check out because is it just me or is Tableau too complicated? <laughs> I'm a, I am ai like spreadsheets and I still can't really use it
2: very much. I haven't tried too much, but... Doesn't seem worth it because most databases do a lot of what it does.
1: Well, yeah, and like I have a bunch of, I have some clients and friends that use it. That's like, yeah, so cool! You can do all these great things, and i am like tried it, and I just got so frustrated. Like, what is this? It's this axis, that axis, and connect to this, and uh, just it, it was, it was driving me bonkers. So I just said, okay, no, <laughs> no more. Um, but okay, Google Tables, Google Sheets, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the podcast, because I know when we were talking a little bit beforehand, you have like a different, you have this sort of, it's, well, it's it. omni content, but poly. I, so i you explain it. it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. First off, I don't call it a podcast. Oh, I okay. Like oh I yeah, like that's right. And the That's podcast right. moniker came from the iPod. Most people just called it like a streamcast or iocast before that right, point. Right, but right, right, people right. don't seem to realize how much Pod has been infiltrating the space. Mm-hmm. But Polycast actually also just means not just the, my aversion to Apple, but it also has a purpose because Poly yeah. means much or many in ancient Greek. Yeah. And just like polymath, many areas of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not mathematics, it's math as it a knowledge. Yeah. And it's interesting, or learnings, I guess you could say. Polycast, meaning much or many topics or much or many series. Right. And so I didn't like just doing one length of an episode. I actually started a secondary podcast or polycast called mm-hmm. the Fireside Micro Polycast on a separate platform, Anchor, actually. I was trying out Anchor at mm-hmm. the beginning of the quarantine because I wanted to do like a daily, like little quick habit of just recording one. These little fireside chats, kind of thing, or idea rants and stuff like that. And I realized that, for one, I made like fifteen or sixteen, and they're all pretty decent stuff, interesting ideas. But I didn't like having it on a separate platform. I also had half a dozen, or no, two a dozen or so, two dozen so old podcasts from my original show that I mentioned earlier, as well as a couple of new polycasts, which are medium length. So I had all these different, like different subshows. And I was like, okay, screw it. Let's just put it all into one stream. Because they're all basically around the same topics. They're all from me. Let's all put it in there. And basically like consolidated everything. And I realized, okay, I have a medium-sized episode and a short one. Around that time is when I joined matchmaker.fm, which we found each other on. Yeah. yeah. And I started doing interviews. And so I had a long form version as well. And I also was doing omni content, which is another medium form. So I have the short, fireside, micro-polycast, medium, polycast, and content, which that gets confusing. And then mm-hmm. the interviews. So just catering to each people's interest. If you want to listen to it on a walk, great. If you want to listen to it on a long car drive, great. While you're working out. Or if you just want to just sit down and listen to a whole bunch of small
1: ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned matchmaker.fm because... Um... That's where we, we got to know each other, at least get to introduced. And, and I'm, I'm curious which, which length does the best. I mean, is there any, cause there's a lot of people that say, okay, like you could be Joe Rogan and go four hours <laughs> or you could go, you know, Dan Carlin's hardcore history where his minimum is four and a half. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like he, he does one every Six months, it seems, because they're just so long and, and and drawn out. So, any any thoughts on like which ones are sort of the the best length? Or
2: ironically, even though I do more micro polycasts and interviews, which are the short and long form, I think. From the data I learned, because I've read all the podcast hosts' blogs as well. So, Like I said, I looked at all the social media management tools. I looked at all the podcast hosts, all of the email tools, and all the project management and task management tools. I spent a lot of time looking at all these tools. I don't know why, but I was trying to find the best thing. And when I looked at some of the data, they said the ideal podcast length is 22 minutes. It's just after that point, people lose interest, something like that, unless they're very heavily invested. Interviews are a kind of different story. People come in with a different mindset. It's going to be longer. And so they prepare for it. But usually if they're just doing it for a short clip, 22 minutes is ideal, which is usually my medium-sized episodes are 15 to 30 minutes. The short ones are three to nine. Interviews can be anywhere from 40 to two hours or something. Wow. Uh, I go as long as people are interested to go, like the, the guest, I mean. Yeah. But um, And I don't usually cut too much. Hmm. Usually, just we're done with the questions by that point, so it's all good.
1: <laughs> we're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I think we should. End. <laughs> we had to take an
2: intermission at one point.
1: Oh yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like pulling the Joe Rogan, right? The I don't know, the Papa Bear, whoever, whatever we call him, um, in terms of like the format and stuff.
2: Yeah, it just go as long as it goes for.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's super interesting that it's 22 minutes. I mean, because you know they always had all those metrics for blog posts, which. I don't know. Like some of them were like, Oh, the ideal blog post is 400 words or 350 to 500 words. And, but they never like the average or whatever, contextual but then they, too. Yeah. And they, but they never like said, well, some long form does really well, as long as it's really broken up and easy to digest and table and, of
2: contents. And yeah. Stuff like
1: that. Enter in and exit out, which is a lot harder with a podcast. It's, it's hard to kind of like jump in the middle of one. I, I will. I, I will interrupt just that right there. There's a tool called Zotag, which I
2: came across. Um, and essentially it'll chop up different timestamps and you can jump. I think it uses video mainly, but a lot of people nowadays are who are doing podcasts are doing video just yeah. because it's just a common occurrence now. Yeah. Um but it's interesting how that like does chop it up for you. And so you can actually jump in at different points and it creates a table of contents as well as a transcript
1: for you. Hmm. So so like it would be Kind of like the equivalent of what you would do on a blog with that little mm-hmm. table of content generator and you could just kind of pop in.
2: Yeah. To my understanding at least. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, I should take a look at that. Cause it's because one of the hardest things on this whole thing. I know we're just gonna like rant about podcasts oh. all day. <laughs> I'm sorry, polycast. I will try yeah. to use the I'll try to get the term uh into the world. Thank um you. is is like discovery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What one Podchaser. of the chaser. Well, there's pod chaser, but then it's like that's now it. you're on <laughs> well no but now you're on their platform oh, and yeah. and now you're like having them you're building discovery for them and not necessarily you how how how, how do you kind of go through that now that i mean you've got this omni content strategy does it all like funnel back to one website or it how how does that all you know how does that all work are you getting me all excited here so <laughs> it's interesting because my last website
2: which if if people look at the description and go to it at the moment of this recording, it'll go to my WordPress site, which I was able to use a custom post type plugin to modify my blog post to embed automatically the video and podcast, polycast, I mean, into okay. my post. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because that allowed everything to be in one particular place, Ironically, I could just embed it myself, and it's probably what I'm going to do now because I moved to Ghost. Ghost doesn't allow for multiple like multiple content types. It's just a matter of kit like, tags. And I almost thought it was going to be a bad thing considering how much stuff I'm doing. Podcasts and polycasts in my case, as well as videos and slideshows and blog posts are all different content types. But in reality, they don't have to be different kind of hosts. So if you wanted to make an Omnicontent post, it would just have the video, polycast and the actual post beneath it. If you want to make a podcast post, it's just a podcast, polycast, and then the uh, transcript or blog post beneath it. Same thing with videos. And so the theme I found had like a special particular post page for videos that would make it kind of full screen in a way. Or you can do something with Podcast, so you just embed it. But basically I just have it separated by tags now instead of having an overcomplicated system, which I think is gonna help people to go in there. And since everything's going to that platform, I'm gonna have multiple posts on that site now where people can come to there. And then we own that site. Like your your site that we talked about earlier or my yeah. site, we yeah. own that. And that's way better than having it on Podchaser or Spotify yeah. and yeah.
1: that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, no disrespect to them <laughs> and, you know, don't, of course you, you got to go where you think is going to be the most, uh, discovery, but yeah, I mean, you know, the ghost ghost.io stuff, which is what I have my entrepreneur ethos.com on. I found that, you know, I don't know, four or five months ago. I'm a, also a big WordPress fan. My old blog or my blog, I have now the, the daily MBA is on that. But boy, I've been impressed with Ghost. Just super so, simple. I mean, know. Not, and it's powerful, but but the way they've architected this thing, if you're a nerd like me in terms of tech, it's just genius yeah <laughs> we like you. I, it's genius I, that's
2: why i moved because i was like yeah. i was so frustrated with wordpress's clunky nature it's so clunky in the admin and every yeah. time i would go on there it's always update this or update that yeah. get the ssl certification set up i'm going with ghost pro which is more expensive than going with like digital ocean i know there's alternatives but i don't want to deal with the cloud distribution network CDNs, yep. or yep. SSLs. i just want that taken care of for me so yep. i can focus on creating
1: yeah that's i i'm i'm on ghost pro too uh A hundred percent think it's the best thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it also has SEO and memberships built in, which is already helpful.
1: Yeah. And and like if you're just developing content, if you're like, okay, I am gonna build content. Mm -hmm. There there is some quirks with it and there's some limitations. But boy, if it's just like I'm building content and I don't need like e-commerce and all the other landing page stuff, which you can still do, but boy, man. I mean, even like the, so what's interesting is the way they do their admin, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So They've got the site, your site, whatever they host, and then they've got a separate admin site and the separate admin site pushes to your site through their API. So everything goes through their API. So in theory, you could do everything through an API programmatically if you really, really wanted to. And I actually dug into this though. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit. I dug into this to, to figure out this project I was working on. I wanted to generate pages and post them to Ghost. And so I'm like, oh, well, hey, they have an API. Let me see how this thing works. And so I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, wow, they have this thing called, I think it's a mini doc or micro doc or something like that. There's a format, right? And they have these cards and all these little things. And I'm just like digging really deep, deep into it. And And then I realized, oh, when I write a post in Ghost on their admin site, it uses this mechanism to post it to my site. I never see my site. Like I don't like on you know WordPress where you go in the admin, it's on your site. I don't, I don't see that. That like my site's totally separate and it gets pushed over there. And I'm like, well, wow, this is the coolest thing ever.
2: That'd
1: be CMS, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's like, oh, they've separated it. And so now you have this admin thing, which is not gonna break like one of the things with wordpress i still love them very much i also like wp engine which is where i host it the problem is if you blow up the admin or you like update stuff what happens it yeah your whole site blows up and if your whole site blows up now you're like now what do i do right what's the what's the what, what i'm i'm not like i'm in this weird world and and as an entrepreneur trying to get stuff done or blockchain kind of like yeah it's now i've not wasted a day and and they're getting better at it but boy like that's the thing
2: like i was constantly just editing because i'm also like a front-end person i like design so i was using Mm -hmm. elementor i tried you know me i try everything so i tried beaver i tried Divi, i tried uh wordpress bakery and visual composer by default then Uh, but elementor came on top there and the thing is it made it really simple but there was a lot of extra code so i can never get my site to actually run fast it was always super slow and i had smush and all these image and lazy load all the various yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. you're supposed to do yeah, and it yeah. still wouldn't load fast <laughs> and so that's one reason why i like those too so it's a hell of a lot faster but yeah. um The thing is, I was constantly bogged down by like, okay, this doesn't look right, or this plugin screwed up with Elementor, and so now I have to go in and fix the CSS. Instead of writing that blog post for that day, I now have to go fix this. All this meta work that prevented me from doing things. And right now, I'm dealing with that with the ghost, because I'm having to set up the site, and that's that's kind of annoying. But I think once the setup is done, I won't have to edit it really anymore after that point. It's just going to be create content, and it's all I need it for.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's when I, so I have the hue theme, which is the pod, this podcast theme. Once I installed that and set it up, now I just create, in fact, I just don't even know if I'm supposed to update whatever. I'm just like another post, another post. And so everyone is listening. If you go to the site, entrepreneurethos.com and you look at all the posts, those are all, I mean, one, it's a ghost site, but two, writing those things is really easy uh, because even I could even cut and paste from Google docs if I really wanted to. And and I have a template and all that to, to your point about like being more efficient, yeah. but what, but, but the thing that you said about the, the omni content that, you know, and like, Oh, I'm going to put in this video here, this podcast here and have different tags. That is the real power of ghost. Mm-hmm. The simple taxonomy of how it all works is uh, I
2: get why WordPress has categories and tags, but they're yeah. basically the same thing. And yes. w- when you yes. deal with all of that, it made things really complicated. I will say I had had one, besides editing this theme, which by the way, I would actually argue you might need to go on GitHub and download the Hue theme on there and edit it for your colors. That might be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, though that I, yeah, I may. Yeah, I can talk about that after or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> that'd be cool.
2: It's interesting because I did have a really hard time importing anything mm. so i used their ghost wordpress importer but everything came back as html on the blog post which yeah. didn't format correctly i mean it kind of did but it would have been hell to edit anytime i wanted to edit those posts which all of them need a revamp anyways yeah. so i actually had to and i also had over a hundred blog posts from medium and Substack because i had multiple different places that i was at mm-hmm. and i was also moving to there as well i'm trying to consolidate mm. into one place so i had over 180 blog posts i needed to move and pretty much none of them could be automatically imported, despite the fact that a pricing page alludes to it can be. Yep. And so it was frustrating. So what I did was actually I just copied everything to Notion, which now I have a backup in Notion, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And so I never have to worry about losing all my content. And then I just copied from there into Ghost, manually, one by one. But I think it was worth it because now it's going to be formatted correctly and it's going to be on that site.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I since the entrepreneur ethos was a new a new site and a new podcast i'd originally done all the posts on the daily NBA. and when i was like oh man how am i going to pull this over right because they again i saw the tool too i'm like "Ooh, automation well the problem with automation sometimes <laughs> is that when it pulls it over it just it can blow up quick so yeah. there was this great cartoon that said if you really want to screw things up really badly automate it with a computer because it will, Oh my gosh, this one thing is now 10,000 things. Um, but I had a friend move all his stuff over to ghost with the tool. And then he had to go in and modify it by hand, but he, he had, he had a different taxonomy and it, it, it actually worked out well for him, but yeah, I can't, can't talk. Yeah. <sighs> can't say more, more good things. about Ghost. Sorry, WordPress, well, <laughs> especially thing, like, if you want to create, I mean, well, I, like and here's creation is, is important.
2: The reason why I created Omnicontent is at the beginning of the year, I wanted to create content every day. And I'm
1: mm-hmm.
2: Gary Vee is still coming back. He yeah. said something in the keynote that for some reason stuck with me. You need to be creating 100 pieces of content every day. And it's like, well, how? And he, he created a slide deck or his team created a slide deck explaining his strategy in the macro view. It was very in the clouds kind of explanation. Like you take this pillar piece, break it down the pyramid. That's great, but how do you do it? What's the tools you use? How can we do it as solopreneurs? And so I actually created a blog post, Omnichannel content for solopreneurs, which is kind of funny. But um, essentially speaking, if you don't have those systems in place like we talked about earlier and learn about content repurposing and learn how to actually use tools like repurpose.io or Notion to organize all your stuff going on, you're going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be constant creation and yeah. not repurposing. Right. And so... I had to learn how to do it and my strategy came out with 107 posts from one piece of pillar content. And so that's pretty great, but it comes to automation goes to all different kinds of platforms, mix.com, Reddit, Snapchat, I counted everything. And so it's kind of an idealistic thing. I, in reality is probably gonna be 60 to 80 posts, right? But it's still kind of shoot for the moon, land amongst the stars. And you're going to do crap ton more than everyone else.
1: Yeah, I think is so, so uh, as a, you know solopreneurs freelancers entrepreneurs trying to build their business one of the pillars of it is content everyone knows content's king long tail seo you know all the you know biz, buzzword bingo that everyone talks to you about and 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 this idea of repurposing and having pillar content and then chopping the pillar content up especially if you've got processes mm-hmm. which i think is the lack that that right there i know for me uh, i I just have such a hard time like trying to get my head around it because I do know, I mean, podcasts are a perfect example. This particular podcast, once it drops, and, and we did a transcript and we looked through it and we did keyword generation, we did some machine learning and we found all the cool things we're talking about, we could chop this thing up into. I don't know, five, 10 minute snippets on, oh, how to be more productive with Notion. You know? yeah. I mean, like, again, this polycast, omni content that could kind of, you know, zig and zag along the internet. Because I think when it comes to discovery of your idea, discovery of your platform, who, what you're doing, your, your polycast or, or your website, um, it just seems to me that, SEO, organic search, being useful, having your kind of tentacles everywhere is the best way for long-term growth. I, I don't see – well, I don't know. I don't know if – do you use ads? Have you been, like, putting so ads was, out for this sort of stuff? Or
2: I was thinking about that. Ads and analytics are two things that are areas I have not spent too much time – I mean, I've learned it, uh, mm-hmm. and I know it probably – as much or a little bit better than most, but mm-hmm. I don't know it well enough to like be super successful at it yet because I just haven't had much experience with it. You have to go and do it. Facebook ads only work after you know how to like tweak it and get it to yeah. work. And on top of that, too, I just have anything to advertise. So the way I thought about it is, in the macro view, I wanted to create consistent content, which is why I was telling you beforehand that I was doing weekly releases of the interviews because I yeah. wanted to be consistent about it. Consistency's always been my biggest issue. <laughs> I, yeah. I took a whole year before my like my first blog to the second version of it was years between, and then between United the Construct and Poly Innovator was off and on but different, between yeah. different platforms. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I want to yeah. create this consistency layer and then build off of it with like books and uh, courses and other Mm -hmm. things. Like I'm actually working on a subscription platform where all my videos can go on there and I can have exclusive videos to make my own little Netflix of sorts. Right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. I mean, again, as, as like, there's a lot of, um, well, there's all these sorts of different types of entrepreneurs and, you know, there's the Silicon Valley types and the ones that build the big businesses. And then there's like solopreneur, freelancer and, 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 and trying to, I think the real challenge with all this in terms of getting noticed and discovered, what you mentioned, consistency, and then where's your tribe? Like where are people going to find you? Cause who, who knows like where people can find you? I mean, you don't really know until you start doing it, but it can be overwhelming. Um, so yeah, this whole poly content, um, you know, thing is, an interesting like strategy, because I think if it's systemized, systematized, sorry, then you can figure out where to go. So, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you think about like, so, so you're going to build your own channel um, of videos and subscriptions. Are, are you going to start offering this stuff as a service? What do you mean? Like, Let's just say this tool I was talking about, like, oh, I want to do omni-channel and I'm going to go to you for the tool for that. I'm assuming that that'll eventually be part of what you're going to offer. Or, you know, you mentioned the blog post about omni-channel for the solopreneur as an example, like teaching people how to do this. Is is that going to be part of your sort of long-term monetization strategy? So the... The tool I'm using for I'm going to be using
2: it. I set it up partially, but it's SpecialProject.io, which is a Netflix and YouTube hybrid where it has discoverability mm-hmm. like Medium, but it's also kind of like you screen where you can create your own channel for mm-hmm. subscription model, and it's kind of like Ghost, where you can have subscriptions for your exclusive yeah. content, mm-hmm. which is why I also with the Ghost for Ridden. And now I just need to find one for podcasts, podcasts, <laughs> and so yeah. it's interesting because. When you have these different platforms, you don't have to have it all in one place. The Omni Content tool that I was talking about earlier, I'm only seeing it as like a marketing tool, getting campaigns out. Most tools out there can't really do campaigns. They do interval campaigns where they're just resharing the same crap for one week or one month or one day daily or something like that. And this is more of a strategic approach where you can create your own templates, but I'll also offer my own basis that I've learned from. And because yeah. Missing Letter, so people are already in the comments, Missing Letter does that. But Missing Letter actually has issues with their campaign tool where you go in there, you make your own campaign. And if you do one little change, the AI will take over and completely erase your entire campaign that you made. Wow. And so not not like the content, but the actual planning of the campaign. Yeah. Oh, this, day, yeah. this day, this day, this day. Yeah. And then the actual... Content of it was not too fruitful, and it only worked for blog posts, not for podcasts. So, this will hopefully be a way for people to go in there and set up actual a planning structure. Maybe you have to go in there and manually put in images or manually put in copy. That's fine for the beginning, but hopefully down the line we can get like an article scraper or um, you, connecting with Repurpose.io to help with clips and stuff like that. So I'm I'm thinking about things to do about
1: that. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that and uh, maybe
2: someone can help me out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know maybe. And I really appreciate your time, man. It's been, you know, it's just super cool to, I mean, I geek out on this sort of stuff just because it's so one, it's so fascinating and two, it's so hard to do and people get frustrated with it. And I mean, I get frustrated with it and I just would love to have it. I'm like you, I want to focus on creating great content and then the rest of it, I want to (laughs) automate if I can. And that's hard to do. So appreciate your well, time.
2: Yeah, and I will say the one thing is like automation does not take the place of engagement. And so mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. found is I just want to share the links out there. I want to automate that process, and then with either Repurpose.io or even the Omni Content Tool too, send out videos to actually engage with. The links don't matter as much. Hey, go check the video. That's great. If someone comments, respond to it. Make posts that are engagement centric. Hey, come comment on this post, and I'll engage with you about it. Mm-hmm. And have that as a separate strategy in a way.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. That's really cool. So looking forward to that. Thanks again for your time and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?